Hey, Travis, where you live, do you have to have a uh, permit to have like a garage sale? No, no, you don't. Do we have to have a permit in this league for a fire sale? Zinger! Just a bit outside. Oh, week 10, Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball. This is just... A bit outside. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Travis Aikens. Week 10 episode. We are going to go through these games. Lots of scoring. Lots of points. Big story on the way. First pitch is coming up as well. We'll talk winners. We'll talk losers. And we will look ahead to week 11. Welcome him in the one, the only. This may be overreaction episode week 10. The one, the only Justin Deering. Welcome in, sir. There's no overreacting here. It's just Mm. 100%. I realize that sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. I mean, I'm scoring a ton of points and I'm losing a ton of games and I've got a bunch of great pitchers that are uncontrollable for next year that are all available for trade. So if you're looking for maybe (laughs) someone who's in Cy Young talks already this year with my buddy from Street Fighter, Hadugan, holler at your boy. But no, we're good, man. We're, we're, I mean, we lost our prince. Prince Gallo fell this week, so it's just a, it's just Man a rough, yeah. it's just a rough time here in, um, in Tigra Land. But we're gonna make it because Aladdin came out and it's live action. And Will Smith's painted blue, so what could go wrong? Nothing could go wrong. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Los Tigres, uh, Justin. I'm glad to see that you are so level headed about all this because a lot of guys in this league three and seven just would have you know quit. I I don't quit. I just make trades and get worse or better. (laughs) I'm glad you summed up all of fantasy sports in general. I also quit checking my lineup, so that's fun too. (laughs) Oh, this ought to be fun. Let's see what Justin came up with. It's time for first pitch. We're ready for the opening pitch. Vaughn winds and fires. It's a strike and we're underway. I don't think there's anybody out there who is going to be shocked by what we're talking about in opening pitch or first pitch this week. For the first time in weeks, it's actually kind of baseball related. Kind of. To keep keep the suspense going, Travis, I want to talk about some of the most bizarre injuries in baseball history. Oh, okay. Before we get to the obvious first pitch topic of the week and what may turn into a 35 minute talk about it. Um, Did you know that at one point in time, Ricky Henderson missed several games in during August because of frostbite. (laughs) Is this when he was with the A's? Yes. He's living in California and he has frostbite in August. Okay. Yes. Yes. Did you know at one point in time, Nolan Ryan went on the DL because he was bitten by a coyote. No way. It, it's on the list, bro. Which which version of Nolan? Astros? It was, uh, it, yeah, it was early Nolan. From what it says, it was a very... For California? It says, tough guy Hall of Fame pitcher Nolan Ryan, famous for hog-tying Robin Ventura. When Ventura rushed the mound, was bitten by a very brave coyote. Uh, all right yes continue all right according to legend of clarence blethen a red sox pitcher in 1923 he thought he looked meaner 
without his false teeth when he was on the mound. He supposedly didn't think to put them back in his mouth when he batted. That led to Blethren sliding into second base and getting bit on the posterior by his own teeth. They were in his back pocket. No. <laughs> well. He bit his ass. <laughs> okay. And my favorite on this list would be Ken Griffey Jr. missed a game when his protective cup slipped and pinched a testicle. Ah. I spent four years in journalism school, the writer, not me, obviously, and three decades as a sports writer, wondering if I'd ever get to write such a sentence. Ken Griffey Jr. missed a game because he pinched a nut. Mm. Which leads mm. us to today's first pitch. All baseball related. Oh, that one's yes. baseball related. Yes. This it's one. The Robert Kraft story of the week. <laughs> Um, Carlos Correa has broken his rib getting a massage at home (laughs) no I'm sorry quote massage at home end quote according to TMZ Sports and YouTube and YouTube yeah that's that's the main part of the story is this is not a good look for Carlos Correa uh, when you're influencer girlfriend who somehow became an influencer the day y'all started dating and she magically got a YouTube channel and she magically got 16,000 followers and thinks she's important. And you sit in front of a camera and talk about how this is not domestic violence and not some freak sex act. Travis, why don't you go ahead and digest that video for us really quick? (laughs) Look, if you have not... You need to go to YouTube and you need to simply search Carlos Correa ribs. First video that comes up is his fiance, his YouTube channel that Justin just mentioned. This is over five minutes long of these two people trying to convince us with everything that they have that this was not a weird or unusual incident. That Carlos Correa always gets a massage at home and Carlos Correa always... Apparently, you know, is rubbed that, really he hard. Likes that deep tissue. What can he say? If you haven't ever gotten a deep tissue massage and you've never broken a rib, have you really had a deep tissue massage? <laughs> but Daniela Rodriguez and Carlos Correa really want you to know that this, this is not crazy. domestic violence. This sounds a lot like Tiger Woods getting hit, his car getting hit with a pitching wedge to me. I'm just going to put it out there. Correa got caught and got caught, if you know what I'm saying. He got caught and then got caught with a baseball bat in the side, but there's no bruising because he takes his shirt off in the video. He takes his shirt off in the video to show you there is no bruising. And by the way, if you have not seen this video, watching her face while he speaks is worth it because I don't think she's buying one word that comes out of his mouth. Let me ask you, Travis, if you were to get a massage because the stressful life you lead as a preacher from the pulpit, mm-hmm. spreading positive uh, facts in life and just uplifting everybody. And you got a massage at home on a Monday after a really heavy sermon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, maybe a rib was broken or popped out of place and your wonderful wife came home. I would like to hear Travis, the preacher, explain it to me, your wife. I'm not your wife, in case you're curious. But how would you explain that to your wife, Travis? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> Listen, you, know you wouldn't do. You know what you wouldn't do. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go on just a bit outside with your wife and explain to the eleven of us how it wasn't freaky sex stuff. 
or it wasn't domestic (laughs) violence. You have to believe me. Hilda just was, I mean, she was going to town and just, she was, she pushed way too. None of this sounds right. None of this. And I'm sorry, their video. Not one person was thinking domestic violence. Everyone was thinking exactly what you and I are thinking. That this is something that went, this is the Robert Kraft that went horribly wrong. The unhappy of happiest. This is the worst. (laughs) Couldn't have happened to a worse team. Hey, did you know in 2011, Mm. Indians rookie Jason Kipnis strained his hamstring while stretching to avoid, you know, straining his hamstring? (laughs) The best part of this whole thing is that um, I had Carlos Correa earlier in the year and everybody dogged me for trading him to Colby. I saw this coming and I didn't want to be tied in with a guy who was going to bruise his break his rib getting a massage and i said you know we don't have sissies on our team if we put half of our starting lineup on the dl like we currently have they're all going to be legit injuries like torn labrums and uh strained obliques and um i don't know what ender has but he's been out for a while so it must be serious it's probably a bruised ego because he sucks but uh david peralta hurt himself charlie blackman you know fernando tatis almost ripped his dinger off doing the splits we're trying to make a play so you know we don't have no broken ribs from getting a relaxing massage on our squad colby you've got some explaining to do with your little boys over there on your team are you are you saying your sources 10 weeks ago told you (laughs) had an over aggressive masseuse and you needed to trade him maybe i hired the masseuse after i (laughs) traded him and said go over there and crack some ribs because they're soft because he's Carlos Correa and he's yet to play 155 games in a season since I think his first year in the league. But it was a hope for this year. But look, listen, massage gone wrong has every idea you and I and everyone else would respect this video a whole lot more if they just came out and said exactly what it was. Look, things got a little, little weird, got a little rough. uh, And uh, you know, uh, this happened, and I didn't mean for it to happen. She didn't mean for it to happen. We're sorry. We'll see you in six weeks. Yeah, our bad. Instead, they do a 10-minute t- video where he takes his shirt off, and then they talk about how God obviously has a plan for this rib. Yeah. It, God's yeah, going to remove it and create woman. That is, yeah. <laughs> God has God has a plan for everything, and this broken rib is just part of His plan. But don't forget, <laughs> I have charity events coming up that I'd love for you to attend. Okay, there's. Uh, let's let's be done with that. That's that's asinine. It's stupid, and it's a team from Houston story. So we've spent way too much time on this. At least Derek Holland lied and said he fell down the stairs when we all know he was playing hockey and blamed it on his big dog when actually he got checked in a hockey game and hurt himself. We all know that's what happened, Derek. Thank you for lying and at least making it sound cool. I go tripped over my dog and fell down the stairs. If Derek would have said, hey guys, I got hurt because I was getting a little rub down at the house. <laughs> it would have been expected from Derek Holland because yeah. he was probably doing Harry Carey voice while it was going down. But at it's least like, I, okay. I, I'm over. I just can't believe this is like legitimately something that's happening. It's a news story. This is real news, and we bring you the hard hitting news here on Just a Bit Outside, and we also bring you the big story of Week Ten. Yes, the big story, Week Ten episode, Just a Bit Outside. The big story is 
points. Lots and lots of points. Look, this is a podcast for a 10-team fantasy league. Justin and I talk most weeks about these 10 teams and the matchups that are. And this is the kind of the point of the season where we, we where we end up repeating ourselves more times than not. And so we want you to know four teams scored over 300 points. And there were lots of points scored this week. There was points gathered. There was points collected. There was points just stored in in just masses for four teams. Aiken's Army, 359 and still counting as we record early tonight so that I can go watch Lost with my wife. Bolding Beavers, 333 points. Lots and of then in the, points. The, the, best, the best point game would have been the Wichita White Wolves at 320 over the censored by the commission Blake's team who breaks 300 for the first time this season and breaks 300 in a losing fashion. And I think if you were to invite Blake into this podcast right now, you would learn that Blake is not too happy with two of his players coaches because those 10 points would have been made up very quickly if they would have each thrown one more inning and earned that quality start they were on track for. One of them was throwing a no, no through four and a half and got yanked, but that's a different topic. Points. Points. Lance Lynn, 32 points. Wow. Texas Ranger pitching really coming through there. Lots of points, as we have mentioned. They've been gathered. They've been collected. Everyone seems to have them except Van Buren boys in Week 10. And I think in a lot of ways, Justin, looking at the overall scores of Week 10, which there are a lot of points, this is an indicator, in my opinion, of the fact that baseball and as a whole is getting into the summer weeks. We see this just about every year. We see lots of offense in the summer weeks with, with the with the heats, with the heat and the heat up and just kind of the temperature of things. And we see this in fantasy. And I think what we're gonna see through the summer weeks is this lots more. 300 point teams week in and week out. And so being in that mid 200, 240, 250, even 260 is most likely not going to be enough from uh, from a team week in and week out. You need to be into that close to 300 point area because any given week in these in the summertime of baseball, you can see 359, you see 310, 320 or 335 come at you. I, I I think it's just um, it's frustrating for me to I, and I and I, I feel Blake because Blake has you know a ton of points this week and is going to lose and again I I hope again what he we said last week he hears that his team is good his team has holes but so does your team so does my team my my team has a ton of holes and they're all hurt they're all up for trade by sweet prince. They're all up for trades too, faux show. Um, I think as we're we're hitting into these these summer months, we're going to see a ton of points scored. We're going to see some big scores. I I'm interested because the last two weeks we've had somebody over 350, 360, you and me. Before that, we had two teams go over 360. Is there going to be a team that just explodes and goes over 400 this year? Well, well, I, I guess we just. The easy answer is we don't know. My my gut says probably not. Uh, I think that would just be an absolute onslaught, incredible career week kind of thing from 
10 to 12 players on a roster to make something like that happen. Um, you know, that'd probably be a big story, it, uh, though. It probably would be a much better big story than just saying there was lots of points scored in week my, 10. My thing is, and my thing, just, just, I'm just going to call a timeout. You know, if you listen to the fan, nobody calls a 30 second timeout, but, um, I'm calling a 30-second timeout real quick because we're talking about points. We just talked about broken ribs. But yet, last week in the middle section, people didn't like us talking about the Democratic ballot. Who didn't like that? We're, I don't know. I, I'm sure oh, someone okay. thought it was stupid. Blake thought he, Blake said he thought it was hilarious. I thought it was brilliant. Um, but we're 10 weeks into a fantasy baseball league where the same thing happens every week where five teams win and five teams lose. And no one has made a trade in a while. So it's getting kind of boring in here, guys. It's getting really tough to do a podcast, especially when my team's three games under, four games under 500. I'm used to talking about winning. <laughs> I haven't drank in a well, long time. Uh, okay. Uh, and I'm about to. <clears throat> okay. Let's calm down. We're good. Let's let's run through the week ten game. Speaking of repetition, let's start with the <laughs> lowest scoring game of the week. Van Buren boys taking on Ebony and Ivory. Two twenty three. Zach's ball club defeats the streaking Van Buren boys. One ninety three. Justin, this was a week where Van Buren boys just completely put up a goose egg on the pitching side of things. This was a bad week for a Van Buren team. This in week ten. Feels like home. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. No, we, sorry. Uh, I'm joking. Gosh, I have to be positive here. I'm joking. I don't think any teams suck other than mine. Um, but no, this was this was a game that I think we both picked last week that we were really hoping to watch and have a good time yeah. watching. And while it was, you know, twenty or thirty point difference, the I mean, just they got hurt with the zero at catcher. And that was a, a you know a miss on the the new rule there with the first game starting and them having to be on you know it's just catching catching as a whole sucks. But the thing is, if you look across the line, they actually had a better performance from their catcher this week who was on the DL all week. <laughs> Wilson Contreras for Ebony and Ivory went negative, so actually you won that matchup, Phil and Dustin. Congratulations. the 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 conversation to have about Van Buren boys, and we kind of had it last week, is. Can Josh Bell really be this version of Josh Bell this entire season? 30 points this week. Last week he had huge points. I mean, he's in the top 10, if not top five, of overall players in baseball right now. Is this Josh Bell going to be this Josh Bell all season in your opinion? Oh, look, guys have career years, and when they do, they're obviously you know good from start to finish. You know, it's generally what a career year is. <sighs> Yeah, I, job, I'm thinking out loud more than anything else. And, you know, if this is his career here, th- let's see, slashing 390, 442, and 797. Wow. Uh, you know what? Uh, 26, he's obviously having a career year. You know what? Let's let's say Josh Bell is going to keep it up uh, through through the entire season. This This might be his year to be a fantasy stud. It's it's crazy if you go over to the uh, player listing and look at it. He actually is in the top five. And the top five is Cody Bellinger, Christian Yelich, Nolan Arenado, Mike Trout, and then Josh Bell. One of mm-hmm. these is not like the other. But when you look at it, there's a solid 14-point difference between number five and number six. So in my – I mean, there's five 
tier one players right now in baseball as far as points. And those are those five. And then the drop off is 15 points, which is one start for Justin Verlander. And he's up in the top five. Um, and then you get to Trevor Story, Max Scherzer, those guys all hovering in the 220s. And then it drops down again to the 200s. And that's where you get some interesting names like Kettle Marte or Eduardo Escobar, George Springer, who has been on the DL for what, two weeks now? Mm, yeah. He's sitting at the a week. He, I think he's been out of their lineup for two weeks. He's sitting at number 12 for them. In the top 20, they have three top 20 players. Um, and two of them, you know, number 11 and number 12, weren't on their roster at the end of last season. And you traded them one of them, and I traded them the other. So whose fault is Both that? Both of ours. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't complain too much after Bryce Harper's week. Let's move on. Royal Ruckus and Bolding Beavers. Bolding Beavers, 300. Did not like getting talked trash about. <laughs> not at all. Like. Has anyone heard from Lan? Uh, no, I offered him a trade this week. Uh, and I have heard is Lan, you doing okay, buddy? Let us know. 335 points here in week 10. Bolding Beavers is going crazy against Royal Ruckus 271. Luke's in Canada. He won't hear this podcast for a little while. And so that's why Luke had Yeah, that's that's out of country today. stuff. And uh, Bolding Beavers, uh, your lowest fantasy point gathers of the season. Come out big with that 300-plus point week 10. Justin, uh, is this the Bolding Beavers we will see the rest of this summer? No. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't – I mean, I <laughs> – I don't. I don't expect him to get twenty three <laughs> points from Christian Stewart. Um, I don't expect him to get. You know, Kevin Biggio is in his lineup this week. Seven points is not a ton, but I don't think he's going to be relying on that second baseman to pull him a ton of points. I don't know that James McCann is going to pull him seventeen. Seventeen from a catcher is huge, but the name of that catcher is one I just learned when I said it. I was today years old when I realized that James McCann was a catcher in the White Sox organization. Um, he, he had a great week with a two start week from, uh, Giolito and Max Scherzer getting him 44. Um, but the crazy thing is, is like he legitimately had nothing from his relief pitchers. If his relief pitchers would have produced, he would have been the high school getter. Of the yeah. Week. Unfortunately, I don't think, you know, just, the way the schedule works, you're not getting two starts out of Scherzer and Giloto. How do you say his last name? Let me know, Chris, or Cole every week. He had th those three guys had two starts. They did incredibly well in those three starts with six total quality starts. That's that is the big reason Bowling Beavers were able to pull the the upset over Luke's Royal Ruckus, and it doesn't help that Royal Ruckus only comes up with a measly 60, abysmal 66 pitching points for the week, and they they just didn't get any production out of this starting rotation. Uh, Brad Keller and Jordan Lyles are your two biggest starts of the week, and that's one quality start between the both of them. And that's uh, 32 total points. That that's got to be a worrisome uh, aspect of this team. If you're Luke, let's head over to six shooters and beards of glory. Six shooters take this 
and move into a tie for last place in the division. Luckily, I have more points <laughs> than them, so they're actually still in last place. Um, they take out Beards of Glory 244 to 231 in another low-scoring game. Neither team going over 300 points, which, again, that was the big story this week, so you guys aren't a part of that. Um <laughs> This is what we call not preparing for a show and it being the first week in December and we go, oh, crap, oh, I'm prepared points. <laughs> uh, OK, um, so we go down the line here for the six shooters. And for the first time, I think in a while, they're seeing, you know, decent weeks from some names that they were hoping to see decent weeks from the entire season. Goldschmidt was 17. You obviously would want more from that. But the surprise on this is the Ranger outfield combo that they're rolling out there right now with Hunter Pence and Senshu Chu, them together getting 43 points, adding in Anthony Rendon getting 22 and 19.5 from Anthony Rizzo. That can make up for a rather less than normal, less than hopeful Luis Castillo 6.6 start and a Max Fried or Fried, whatever you say his name, 5.3 start. That's 11 points total right there for two starters. So um, Brady, I know Brady has been busy, busy with that Oklahoma State team winning the uh, the Big 12 championship. But for Brady to get a win this week probably helped boost the confidence and boost his interest in sticking around and paying attention through the long summer months. Yeah, and unfortunately for Colby's Beards of Glory, just a bad offensive, you know, this was just a misstep on the offense. And, Unfortunately, you know, someone like DJ LeMayhew with 22 and a half points, you can't take advantage of that because you're, you know, your stalwarts of Javier Baez and Carlos Correa and Chris Bryant uh, did not have good weeks at all. Carlos Correa obviously uh, did not play this week. Chris Bryant uh, was injured for a couple of games and not in the lineup most of the week. And Baez came up with a nice negative two this week. So, uh, you know, I guess for Beards of Glory, that doesn't seem to have – this doesn't seem to be the regular offensive week. You expect more out of those guys, and you should. They have history to produce more, and if they can, if they get back to their ways this summer, uh, Beards of Glory is going to definitely be able to put up more than 231 points and uh, unfortunately be on the losing end here in Week 10. Well, let's look at that. Let's not forget that this snapped a three-game winning streak for Beards of Glory, much like a masseuse snapped Carlos Correa's rib. <laughs> and speaking of being snapped, censored by the commish, lost to Wichita White Wolves, uh, three twenty. The th- yeah. what? Oh, it's it's they've still lost, but this is this is the I do want to talk about this one because unfortunately for Blake, now that he's put up those three extra points, he would have won had these two pitchers gone an extra <laughs> inning and they're not been a rain delay. Uh, look, and unfortunately in a head to head, now this wouldn't have even helped in a you know a points uh rotisserie type league because those guys just got pulled and didn't didn't get the quality start points that you needed, but you know Yes, this is a good week for censored by the commish. 313 points is nothing to sneeze at. But overall, in 2019, this is a bottom-tier point-gathering team and censored by the commish. And, you know, obviously, when you put up 313, when you're in that lower tier, you expect a victory. But you're going up against the highest point-gathering team in the league in 2019 
And it doesn't make it any easier, I think, if you're censored by the commish. But uh, this was a bad week to have a good week. Let's let's break down what had happened was. Uh, Yanni Chirinos in two starts gets 23.6 points. But in his first second start of the week, he was no hitting his opponent through four, four point four or four innings, two outs, something to that effect, and got pulled after like six, maybe, maybe 55, 60 pitches. But he has been spending a lot of time as, you know, the second pitcher or the opener and things like that. So he's on a different kind of pitch count. And then Jack Flaherty was rolling last night. Two earned runs, but the eight Ks was where it was at. 12 points through five innings. There was a rain delay that lasted long enough to end his night. So in that situation, that would have probably ended up being a quality start, getting him those points there. and. Chirinos getting a quality start would have got him those points there, and that would have put him up in this game. Now, he still has two innings left of Xander Bogarts, who's having a week at 39 points. Tonight, he actually has put up eight and a half with a home run and a double and one RBI, so a solo home run. Um, but I don't see him getting another at bat and an opportunity to put up you know, six or seven more points. It would take a huge at bat there. Uh, for Chris, though, Jacob DeGrom, 23 points on two starts, a little low for DeGrom, I would say. And you got to wonder if this hip injury that I have not read a thing about is something that is going to be, um, you know, kind of looking at it. It looks like it was just a cramp. Seems like he may be fine. Man, shouldn't miss a start. Maybe he but, should just get a massage. Um, that That's what I would do and make sure they really push on that hip bone. Break it. <laughs> But Blake can look at these what-ifs, ands, and buts, and all these things, but it really comes down to the fact that five innings, seven hits, five earned runs, and two home runs given up by Walker Buehler lost this game for him. Walker Buehler should be a top-of-the-line pitcher, and maybe that's why I traded him, but five points and one stop or one start this week was not enough. Blake, huge week, great points, great job. Came up a little short. Uh, let's start. Let's keep having conversations about that big trade we were talking about when you were at the house last And now, finally... The game of the week, Aiken's Army, 359 points against your Los Tigres, the 271. Justin, how does it feel to lose at the hands of the mighty Aiken's Army? I thought today we had a shot. We were only down by 110 at the start. <laughs> um, but Whit Merrifield ran into a steam train. The recent signee of the Tigres, um, of Adrian Sampson of the Texas Rangers. But um, more importantly for us, it sucked. Um, Rich Hill finally looked like Rich Hill again. And, you know, we had some decent pitching for the most part, 141 points. I'll take that every week in the pitching staff. But what you said last week was this offense puts up points. And you know what they didn't do? They didn't put up enough. They put up 130, which was basically Monday of last week. And um, just, it was, it was, I told you on Monday, I told you after that first day, and I spotted you 70 points. I 75. Said, hey, it's over. It's over. You ended up winning by over 75. So it was over on Monday. So I haven't even looked at it. Today's the first day I've checked it. I had no clue you're beating me this bad, other than that you were up by like 130 yesterday. One yeah. And unfortunately, your fears from last week that, uh, Aiken's Army offense would start clicking. It happened in week 10. Uh, week- Except Mookie Betts only had 13 points. It still hasn't happened. Yeah, well, okay, to the... That's the that, but that's the scary point. I'm not trying to discount sure. what happened, but 
it hasn't happened because you, yes, 40 points from Trevor Story, 30 points from Harper, 23 from J.D. Martinez. Jock Peterson returns the lineup and puts up 26 points, but Mookie Betts is still underperforming. So if it ever happens, that's what I was getting at earlier when I said, is a team going to score 400 points? You have the manpower on the offensive side of the ball that if all four of them put up a weak like all of but one of them put up this week, you very well could be on the cusp of putting up 400 points. And that's not sucking up to the uh, the commissioner. That's legit sports opinion. Now, uh, obviously, you know, any week, I'd like to see Mookie Betts, uh, you know, get back to 2018 Mookie Betts, but 13 and a half points is nothing to just throw away, but I'll take that kind of week and it'll make it, you know, it's made up when Bryce Harper finally comes back to life. With 31 and a half points, J.D. Martinez continues to put up 23 and a half this week. Trevor Story, as you mentioned, you know, you're right. If all those guys start clicking in the same week, um, it's it's going to be a fun offensive show. But uh, Mookie Betts, 13 and a half. Okay, great. Jose Abreu contributes 16 and a half to go along with Eugenio Suarez is 18 and a half. There's there's enough roundedness in my offense that. You can take a, a slight dip, especially if your big bats like Gary Sanchez, who I think may be competing again for that number one catcher spot at 19 and a half points is coming around. I agree. And you have I'm, I'm, and, I mean, and the pitching, which has been my strong suit, which is really weird to say, has been my strong suit for nine weeks, continues to be a strong suit because it's it's not sucky pitching. This is decent, you know, keep me a keep your head above water pitching and uh you know 157 points to go along with 202 hitting points. Um obviously we need to see this a uh, little more consistently, but uh, it's just one of those weeks where things just really came together. Nine saves. Nine saves and over 70 points right there for your your three relievers. Um, that right there is an obvious recipe for success. But if you're playing against that, I mean, a 70-point hole right there, just from those three, I don't know that anybody's had more points from three traditional relievers. I want to make sure that is emphasized. Traditional relievers. You did not get a single start from those three people. And you put up over 70 points between those three people. I'm not sure anybody's had a better week of relief pitching in this league this season. All right, that's week 10. Uh, winners, losers. We will get to our week 11. But first, <clears throat> Justin, did you know, I, you know, I, we went to high school together. So obviously you remember how everyone talked about how what, what sick, nasty knuckleballs I could just throw on the on the ball field. Remember that? Oh, we're not doing round two of Democratic president candidates. Oh, no. It's I prepped. Well, I I prepped. Uh, you know, my arms loose. I'm feeling good and I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to throw some knuckleballs. Well, that was a terrific knuckleball. That one got up to home plate and just kind of wiggled, almost waved by mm. to Blake Swihart. What just happened there? I mean, that that was a funky delivery. He took a little something off of it. It was wiggling, and then watch the swing from Blake Swihart. He swings, and pfft, see, the bat just slips out of his hands. But what a pitch by hey, Nicky. The best part of that open is that Blake Swihart was actually playing in a major league game. <laughs> Justin, you have no idea what's coming at you. That's a good knuckleball right there. 
Justin, did you know this week in history, May 28th, in fact, 1998, you remember Phil Hartman of Saturday Night Live fame? Rest in peace. May he rest in peace on May 28th, this week in history. Uh, Phil Hartman was found shot to death at his home uh, by his wife, Bryn. Uh, the great late Phil Hartman was asleep when he died. Uh, it's, it's a sad ending to a really funny guy who, you know, you remember his Bill Clinton and it just classic Saturday Night Live. When I think of Saturday Night Live, he's, he's in that cast, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. My question for you is, is there any chance that you would possibly be shot while you're sleeping? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I'm sitting here like frantically searching for Phil Hartman to see what my favorite role of him was because I thought that's where you were going. And oh, instead you went uh, with, are you getting shot? That's, um, that's, that's my There's been a couple of comments. There's been a couple comments I've made this week to my wife on accident without thinking ahead that could lead to that. Um, this morning we were walking around the mall and we were out in the sun after church. We went to the mall and we're buying stuff and the sun hit her at a perfect angle. And I said, dang girl, I see some gray hairs that, that didn't go over well. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So the answer to my question is yes, there is a chance. Yes. Uh, Justin, there's a 92 year old man. Gene Wagner. This uh, this this old man, he's still lacing up his skates. He's a he's a member, an original member of a hockey team known as the Bald Eagles. Senior hockey team. They practice twice a week. Gene is still practicing hockey. And other related 92-year-old senior news, uh, Pete Saberda just graduated with his high school diploma a week before his grandson graduated. So my question to you, Justin, is what are you going to be doing at 92? It. <laughs> I think All you right. know what that means. Crack ribs. Uh, at 92, uh, I will be getting a daily massage and uh, hoping not to crack my brittle bones, or I will be six feet below Earth's surface dead. Are you a uh, you going traditional burial? Are you going cremation? You what what what's your plan there? I'm going face down so the world can kiss my ass. Well, well. you left that one open. That was easy. Oh. That was a Jerry Deering joke. If you're curious, that was a throwback to my father. He always asked, "Dad, do you want to be cremated or do you want to be buried?" And he goes, "Bury me face down so the world can kiss my ass." Mm. Good man. <laughs> uh. Just hey, by the way, we did not bury him face down. We did not honor those wishes. <laughs> I was afraid to ask. <laughs> so, so you completely disrespected your father's wishes. Hey, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have the power of attorney, and that just you just bypass that one. <laughs> changing gears <laughs> Justin how how important are bees to you uh, like grades or like honeybees <laughs> bumblebees yeah honeybees uh, bumble, uh, honeybees yeah. they they feel like um, 
I personally am not the type that's like save the bees, but there's a lot of people around me that say like if we didn't have bees, the world would end. I don't think they have that kind of power, but um, I don't like getting stung by them, but I do enjoy honey. Well, let me tell you, there are many powerful people and corporations that take the exact opposite view. They believe bees are life on this planet and that they supply 90% of the planet's uh, nutrition through pollination. And people are worried about this bee thing. And so um, McDonald's, yes, that McDonald's uh, has taken it upon themselves to help bees. And McDonald's has now opened the first ever and the world's smallest restaurant, which is now known as the McHive. It is a small-scale replica McDonald's complete with seating, drive through signage, but it's also a fully functional beehive, and McDonald's has started to open the McHives in Sweden, and they place them on top of their restaurants. Uh, Justin McDonald's is uh, saving us. Are these the same people that think that cow farts are causing global warming? I... I I haven't asked McDonald's if that's what they believe, but because Bill Gates says that cow farts are one of the biggest problems facing our world. Hmm. Is that a direct quote? Um, it's a CNN video from February 16, 2019. <laughs> Next week on first pitch, we're going to examine this video and figure out what's up with car farts <clears throat> or cow farts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll remember that for next week's knuckleballs. <laughs> Does Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez want to get rid of farting cows? I don't know. Find out next week. <laughs> and finally, on this edition of Knuckleballs, Justin, this is just for you. Yes. There's, a, uh, there's a man on Reddit. He uh, was a little upset. And being upset and going on Reddit is not a good combination. So... He went to Reddit, upset, and he spoiled the end of Game of Thrones um, to his girlfriend in particular. Uh, he said, and I quote, she's been waiting for this for almost eight years. And because she didn't organize a special celebration for my birthday, I ruined Game of Thrones for her. And you know what he did the next day? He got a massage and broke his rib. <laughs> there it is. And that's how, in the radio business, you go full circle. Serrano doing some interesting limbering up exercises in right. What a pansy. Oh, that was supposed to say Correa, not mm. Serrano. We had the wrong clip there. Wrong clip. Week 11 is upon us. Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball. We are approaching the midpoint of the 2019 campaign. And as we get ourselves ready for week 11, Justin, we have some good matchups, some interdivisional matchups that ought to be fun to pay attention to. A lot is on the line here in week 11. And let's start with Wichita White Wolves taking on Bolding Beavers. Are we going to see... The 330-plus point Bolding Beavers taking on the powerhouse that is the reigning champions that are Wichita White Wolves. And in the other division, 
We have Aiken's Army taking on Van Buren Boys, the first place Van Buren Boys and Aiken's Army after their big Week 10 week. What game will we see? Will we see Puny sub 200 or will we see a couple of teams really putting it together here in Week 11? Beards of Glory and Royal Ruckus there in the Rick Vaughn division will be going after each other with Beards of Glory and Royal Ruckus taking each other on. Censored by the commission, Ebony and Ivory will face off here in Week 11 and your Los Tigris will take on the student Six shooters, Brady's team here. Justin, when you look at the Week 11 matchups, outside of that Los Tigris, that game you hoping that you can beat down Brady, what's the game for you to pay attention to? I want to see how the Van Buren boys bounce back in the Aikens Army matchup. You know, coming off of your huge week you've had this week, and then coming off of the last couple weeks that they've had big points leading into this week. Um, interested to see kind of what the turnaround for them this this week looks like. Um, also, want to just kind of see if what what happens with Blake's team with uh, Censor by the Commission putting up big points. Just got a text message from him. It looks like Xander Bogarts will get one more at bat tonight. And knowing Blake's luck this week, he'll probably hit a grand slam and he'll lose by point two, <laughs> um, <clears throat> which would probably may lead to Blake quitting the league. Who knows? Um, I just I, I want to see. I, I have questions about Ebony and Ivory, and we haven't gotten into it because we just I haven't brought it up. Um, I'm interested. I just want to see kind of what this team looks like without Christian Yelich in it. He's been gone for a while and it's kind of leveled out. I don't, I've, I'm not going off of anything research based, <laughs> but I mean, they, they, they were there. I mean, they sit second place in our division. Uh, I, I just want to see what this team looks like up against Blake's team who has been trending up, maybe not with wins, but with points. Um, so those are the two games I'm going to keep an eye on outside of me spanking Brady and breaking one of his ribs breaking one of his ribs yeah you know obviously just from my perspective I you know in the 2019 version of Harry Dole fantasy baseball the team at the top here in week 11 in my Rick Vaughn division is the Van Buren boys and this is the game, obviously, I want to win, but Aiken's Army, from just a league perspective, a divisional perspective, Aiken's Army can pull off a Week 11 win against the Van Buren boys. That Rick Vaughn division in of itself becomes really interesting. And you, if you couple that with that Beards of Glory Royal Ruckus game, depending on who wins that, and really irregardless of who wins that game, you know, um, Van Buren boys lose and Aiken's army can win that Rick Vaughn division becomes real tight, real fast. And it becomes, uh, it becomes a dogfight for the second half, you know, the, the latter weeks here of 2019. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, um, a fun week on your side of the division. I think our, there's a little more, I mean, we, we appear to be closer as far as, I mean, Wichita White Wolves, if you'd asked me eight weeks ago when we were getting rolling, would they be a close to 500? They're six and four now after this week. Um, I didn't expect them to be, I figured they would be closer to like an eight and two team maybe at this point, maybe nine and one. Um, but the bottom half of our league, usually we always talk about there's three teams, and there's two at the bottom for the first time. We're talking about a Los Tigres down there at the bottom, and it sucks, but. Um, 
there's no way to change. Like, there's no moving up this week for those two teams. And then I'm just, I'm kind of at a, I'm kind of at a weird spot where I don't know how to talk about this league when I'm not winning, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, Looking at that Pedro Serrano division, much which I, I believe the divisions in of themselves have shaped up very differently 10 weeks into this season because that's Serrano division. Two teams are under 500, Los Tigres and six shooters. But if we talk four, five, six, seven weeks from now, Justin, you know, I am not going to be incredibly shocked if we see, let's say, Ebony and Ivory and Bolding Beavers be in fourth and fifth place. And they're the two teams who are hovering below 500 or right around there. And Los Tigres and six shooters shoot up in the divisional rankings. The the thing for me, when I look at that Serrano division, the lock is Wichita White Wolves. They are not only the reigning champions, but they have the most fantasy points in the league. And then the two, three, four, and five, that's a, that's a roll of the dice in my opinion. And yes, Ebony and Ivory is going to be going in at 500, 5 and 5. Bolding Beavers at 5 and 5 into week 11. And Los Tigers and six years below 500. But a good summer at the bottom of this division could very easily propel, I believe, Los Tigers to six years. And I'm not saying in the second place, but back into competition for playoff positioning and really into that third spot as we head into the latter quarter of 2019. I'm, I I do see. Um, I mean, I think our division obviously is not set in stone. You, and I I joke about fire sell and trading everybody away, but it is very early in the summer. We haven't even played like not even into the summer. Summer for us started three days ago. Um, there's a lot of baseball still to play. There's moves to make to get better. Um, but it will be fun to see this new playoff thing shape up because as of right now. It would if the season ended right this second, the Van Buren boys and Wichita White Wolves would win the division, and from there out, it would be Beards of Glory, Aiken's Army, Royal Ruckus, and Ebony and Ivory. So it'd be four to two. It'd be four from from uh, from one side, two from the other, which is something that some people did not want, and some people uh, did not want to see the op- the possibility of two people from the same division playing in the championship. It could happen. Who knows? But it's early. There's no fire cell from the Tigres unless people want to come get some. See, and, um, I'm always and open. to that point as well. You know, the way it would break, it would end tonight is all the more reason. If you are the Beavers, Los Tigres or six shooters that you, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of this wrong, but it's all the more reason for those teams that, that are looking out uh, in that Pedro Serrano division to go for it and be involved in this because that division in of itself, out again, outside of the top team, is playable. And it is winnable, in my opinion, because those teams, we have not gotten a consistency from two through five out of Serrano that makes you think, okay, those are the teams that are going to be there. And and so, you know, there's opportunity because the Rick Vaughn division, they're going to continue, we're going to continue to beat each other up down there. And one through four, you know, those teams are going to be involved for that top spot in the Rick Vaughn division and in that playoff picture. But no, but you're not beating each other up. 
if I'm looking at, I mean, if you're going uh, the division in division beating, no, you're you're four and one, you're three and two, you're three and two. Then the others are two games under 500. The team, th- this is this is where like. If you're looking, if you go to Pedro and look, Pedro's beating each other up three and two, two and three, three and one, three and two, and then Brady's one and four. So those that that's where this new rule could actually be a bit kind of a more of a benefit for the Rick Vaughn side because the top three teams or top, you know, the top three teams in your division are are beating the bottom two and you still have multiple times to play. Whereas over on the Pedro side, everybody's beating everybody except Brady. And that could end up us having lower records because we have to play each other more, more on that side to open up that extra spot to go four and two. It's not going to go five and one. That's obvious, but four and two is a real opportunity here. And yes, does that mean that, Ebony and Ivory and Wichita White Wolves, like I said, if it closes tonight, they're in the playoffs. That doesn't mean in 10 weeks or however many weeks we have left that's not Wichita White Wolves and six shooters because something's happened or Bolding Beavers. But the fact that there is a lot more, in my opinion, competition within our division with each other than there is on the in the Rick Vaughn side, that is a disadvantage for those in the Pedro side. Well, and, I, and I also think to, to that point, you look at the teams one through four in the Rick Vaughn division, the way the end of week 10, it should be Van Buren boys, army ruckus and beards of glory. Nope. It should, it'll be Van Buren boys, army beards of glory, Royal ruckus. And it, the ruckus army as the most points Royal ruckus is second. That's second and fourth place. First and th- third Van Buren boys and Beards of Glory are at three and four out of most points in the league. And it, it'll be something like that at the end of week 10 when the site updates. So to that point, there is going to, I think, based off the fantasy points total of 2019 so far, there's going to continue to be um, really good games in the Rick Vaughn division where there is at least opportunity for these teams, these four teams, to to beat up each other to to go you know to not just be four and one that Van Buren boys are within the division but to be more five hundred like their other teams uh, Beards of Glory Aikens Army World Ruckus. I say yeah, I mean it's kind of like we talked about last week points against points for um, there's teams on both sides scoring a ton of points and there's teams on both sides who are playing teams that are scoring no points or just getting them on those bad weeks um I, I, i'm not sitting here trying to be like this sucks that i have the second most sure. points in the league by a ton or whatever uh or in my division maybe by, not by a ton because i'm 22 up on you it's not that much but having well over 175 points against whereas Chris has I mean Chris is getting close to having more points against yeah than points for which is nuts that's a crazy I that's a that's a different type of thought there with it some like he would have as many points as he's had and he has played a ton of teams that have huge weeks it's 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 the downfall head to head I'm not saying I don't like it I'm not saying I want to change anything but I do feel I, I will. I want to keep an eye on this over the summer as our division, because that's who I focus mm-hmm. on the most. Our division plays each other. It seems like four out of the five teams are just going after each other, and you don't know who's going to win each week when it's a coin flip like that. Um, 
and that that could be, in my opinion, a disadvantage in the long run for the new playoff setup. But that's a totally different week topic. Carlos Correa. A wise man once said, that's the way baseball go. And that's the way week 10 goes in Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. This has been an Anchor.fm production. This is just a bit outside for Justin Deering. I'm Travis Akins. So long, everybody. Why is Luke in uh, in Canada? I didn't know he was a Raptors fan. No, I think he's hunting polar bears or something. He's hanging out with Drake. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs>